Chapter Two of the Barbados Girl by Barbara Hofflin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. At length, the long-wished-for day arrived, and the young foreigner made her appearance in the family of Mister Harewood. She was a fine, handsome-looking girl, and though younger in fact, was taller and older-looking than Ellen but was not nearly so well shaped as indolence and the habit of being carried about instead of walking had occasioned her to stoop and to move as if her limbs were too weak to support her the kindness and politeness with which she was received in the family of mr harewood did not appear to affect the barbadoes girl in any other way than to increase that self-importance which was evidently her characteristic and even the mild affectionate ellen who had predisposed her heart to love her very dearly shrunk from the proud and haughty expression which frequently animated her features and was surprised to hear her name her mamma with as much indifference as if she were a common acquaintance for ellen did not know that the indulgence of bad passions hardens the heart and renders it insensible to those sweet and tender ties which are felt by the good and amiable and which constitute their highest happiness in a very short time it became apparent that passion and peevishness were also the traits of this unfortunate child who had been indulged in the free exercise of a railing tongue and even of a clawing hand towards the numerous negro dependents that swarmed in her father's mansion over whom she had exercised all the despotic sovereignty of a queen with the capriciousness of a petted child and thereby obtained a habit of tyranny over all whom she deemed her inferiors as appeared from the style in which she now conducted herself constantly towards the menials of mr harewood's family and not unfrequently towards the superiors for a few days mr harewood bore with this conduct and only opposed it with gentleness and persuasion but as it became evident that this gentleness emboldened the mistaken child to proceed to greater rudeness he commenced a new style of treatment and the english education of matilda so far as concerned that most important part of all education the management of the temper in the following manner on the family being seated at the dinner-table miss hanson called out in a loud and angry tone give me some beer mr harewood had previously instructed the servant who waited upon them how to act in case he was thus addressed and in consequence of his master's commands the man took no notice whatever of this claim upon his attention give me some beer cried she again in so fierce a manner that the boys started and poor ellen blushed very deeply not only from the sense of shame which she felt for the vulgarity of the young lady's manners but from a kind of terror on hearing such a shrill and threatening voice the servant still took no notice of her words though he did not do it with an air of defiance but rather as if it were not addressed to him the little angry child muttered loud enough to be heard what a fool the wretch is but as nobody answered what was in fact addressed to no one she was at length compelled to look for redress to mrs harewood whom regarding with a mixture of rage and scorn she now addressed pray ma'am why don't you tell the man to give me some beer i suppose he'll understand you though he seems a fool and deaf my children are accustomed to say please thomas give me some beer or i'll thank you for a little beer and the loud rude manner in which you spoke probably astonished and confused him as however i certainly understand you i will endeavour to relieve you pray thomas be so kind as to give miss hanson some beer said mrs harewood thomas instantly offered it but the little girl cried out in a rage 
i won't have it no that i won't from that man i'll have my own negro to wait that i will must i say please to a servant must a nasty man in a livery be kind to me no 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 zebby zebby i say come here the poor black woman hearing the loud tones of her young lady to which she had been pretty well used instantly ran into the room before mr harewood had time to prevent it and very humbly cried out what does missy please wanty some beer you black beetle is missy said the poor woman with a sigh reaching the beer from thomas with a trembling hand as if she expected the glass to be thrown in her face charles had with great difficulty refrained from laughter on the outset of this scene but indignation now suffused his countenance the young vixen was an acute observer and had she not been cruelly neglected might have been a sensible child it instantly struck her that his features disputed her right and determined not to endure this from any one she instantly threw the beer in the face of poor zebby saying there's that for you madame it was not in the forbearance of the children to repress their feelings even edmund exclaimed what a brute ellen involuntarily started up and hid her face in her mother's lap while charles most good-naturedly offered his handkerchief to the aggrieved zebby kindly condoling with her on her misfortune mr harewood now for the first time spoke zebby said he in a calm but stern tone it is my strict command that so long as you reside under my roof you never give that young lady anything again nor hold any conversation with her if you disobey my commands i shall be under the necessity of discharging you the young lady checked herself and for a moment looked alarmed but recovering she said she is not yours and you shan't discharge her she is my own slave and i will do what i please with her poor papa bought her for me as soon as i was born and i'll use her as i please but you know your mamma told you that as soon as she arrived in england she would be free and might either return or remain as she pleased now it so happens that she is much pleased with my family and having a sincere regard for your mother she this morning requested mrs harewood to engage her in any service she could undertake convinced that she was worthy our protection we have done this and therefore all your claims upon her are over the little girl bursting into a passionate flood of tears ran out of the room poor zebby curtsying said sir me hopes you will have much pity on missy she was spoily all her life by poor massa her mamma good very good and when missy pinch zebby and pricky with pin then good missus she be angry but massa say only pooh pooh she be child naughty tricks wear off in time he be warm man himself the poor negro's defence affected the little circle and mr harewood observing it said you perceive my dear children that this child is in fact far more an object of compassion than blame for she has been permitted to indulge every bad propensity of her nature and their growth has destroyed that which was good of course her life has been unhappy in itself yet punishment has not produced amendment poor thing how many of the sweetest pleasures of existence are unknown to her she is a stranger to the satisfaction of obliging others 
and to the consciousness of overcoming herself which i trust you all know to be an inestimable blessing i truly pity her but i am compelled to treat her as if i blamed her only i am obliged to be harsh in order that i may be useful and give pain to produce ease in about an hour finding that no one approached and feeling the want of the dinner her shameful rudeness and petulance had interrupted and which she had but just begun matilda came down the stairs with the air of a person who is struggling to hide by effrontery the chagrin she is conscious of deserving no person took any notice of her entrance and all appearance of the good meal she wanted was removed there was a certain something in the usually smiling faces of the heads of the mansion that acted as a repellent to her and she sat for some time silent but at length she spoke to ellen who from her gentle meekness was ever easy of access and whom intending to mortify she accosted thus nelly did you eat my chicken charles burst into a loud laugh as ellen who had never heard herself thus addressed for a moment looked rather foolish on which he answered for her with a somewhat provoking sauciness of countenance no matty she did not eat your chicken my name is not matty it is matilda sophia and you are a great booby for calling me so but nelly or nell is short for ellen and by one of those names i shall call her whenever i choose if it be only to vex you perhaps too you will choose to prick her and pinch her miss matilda sophia hanson answered charles sneeringly drawing out her name as long and as pompously as it was possible fee charles said edmund i am sure you act as if you had forgotten all that papa told us about miss hanson charles after a moment's thought acknowledged that he was wrong very very wrong matilda was much struck with this she was well aware that under the same circumstances she should have said much more than he had and she was curious as to what had been said of her which could have produced this effect on a boy generally so vivacious and warm-tempered as charles after cogitating upon it some time she at length concluded that mr harewood had endeavoured to impress on the minds of his family the consequence she possessed as an only child and a great heiress and although he had appeared so lately to act under a very different impression yet it was very possible that he had only done so because he was out of temper himself and now that his mind was become tranquil again he had repented of his conduct and been anxious to prevent his children from following his example in this respect the more matilda thought of this the more fully she fixed it in her mind as an article of belief but yet there was something in the calm firm tones of mr harewood when he spoke to her and in his present open yet unbending countenance when he happened to cast his eyes towards her which rendered her unsatisfied with the answer she thus gave her own internal inquiries and although she had been exceedingly angry with him for presuming to speak to her she yet felt as if his esteem and indeed his forgiveness were necessary for her happiness and her pride thus strengthened contended with her fears and consciousness of guilt and folly and while she resolved inwardly to keep up her dignity with the young ones she yet from time to time cast an anxious eye towards her new monitor in a short time to matilda's great relief mr harewood stepped into the library to get a book and the children in the hope that when he returned he would kindly indulge them either by reading to them or relating occasionally such anecdotes or observations as the work he read might furnish him with left their seats and pressed round the place where their parents were sitting 
matilda did not like to be left alone nor did she feel as if she had a right to be held as a child among the rest again her pride and her repentance had a great struggle and she knew not to which she should give the preference for her heart swelled alike with pride and sorrow she moved towards the same place and sought in the bustle of the moment to divert the painful feeling which oppressed her in a few moments mr harewood was heard to shut the library door and as of course he might be expected to re-enter very soon and would now be much nearer to her than he had been and would certainly adopt some more decided kind of conduct and language towards her matilda became again extremely desirous of knowing what he really had said about her and she two or three times essayed to speak but a little remaining modesty which was nearly all the good which her unhappy education had left her prevented her until she found that she had no time beyond the present instant left for satisfying her curiosity on so important a point when in a considerable flutter of spirits she whispered to ellen but in a voice sufficiently articulate to be heard by others pray what did your papa say of me that you were very much to be pitied pitied pray what am i to be pitied for ellen blushed very deeply she could not answer a question which called down confusion on the head of her who asked it one too whom she was inclined to love and whose petulance towards herself however unprovoked she had already forgiven she looked wistfully in the face of her mamma who replied for her we all think you are much to be pitied because you are evidently a poor little forlorn ignorant child without friends and under the dominion of a cruel enemy that renders you so frightful it is scarcely possible for even the most humane people to treat you with kindness or even endure you matilda involuntarily started up and examined herself in the looking-glass if i had happened to be your own daughter ma'am she said crying again you would not have thought me ugly but because i come from barbados you don't like me and it is cruel and wicked to treat me so but i will go back i will i will i wish most sincerely you had never come for it is painful to me to witness the folly and sin you are guilty of but since you are here i will endeavour to bear with you until i have found a good school to send you to if you would give yourself time to consider you would know that the enemy i spoke of is your own temper which would render even perfect beauty hideous you know very well that i received you with the greatest kindness and that you have outraged that kindness but i can forgive you because i see that you are a silly child who fancies herself of importance whereas children however they may be situated are poor dependent creatures matilda answered only by a scornful toss of her head and uttering the word dependent edmund said mrs harewood taking no notice of her insolent look you are a strong healthy boy forward in your education capable of reflection and decidedly superior not only in age but wisdom to any other in the room answer me candidly as if you were speaking to a boy like yourself do you feel it possible so to conduct yourself that if you were left alone in the world you could be happy and independent my dear mamma said edmund you must be laughing at me a pretty figure i should cut if i were to set up for a man without any one to advise me how to act to tell me when i was wrong and to manage everything for me how could i do right without my papa or some proper guardian and how could i be happy without you mamma as edmund spoke he threw his arms round his mother and the others followed his example saying 
no no we could do nothing without you and dear papa pray do stay with us and make us good as they spoke the tears were in their eyes and matilda was affected she remembered the tenderness of her own mother and how often she had turned a deaf ear to her expostulations she was convinced that these children at this very time enjoyed a sweeter pleasure than she had ever experienced from the gratification of her desires and she even longed to confess her folly and gain her share of mrs harewood's caresses but pride still struggled in her heart and though her reason was convinced of the truth that children are indeed dependent on their friends for all that renders life valuable yet her temper still got the better and she resolutely held her tongue though she ceased to look haughty and ill-humoured chapter two